Hello, everyone, and uh, thanks for joining us on the June episode of Ardent Roundtable. I want to give a special shout out to all of our partners that uh, continue to uh, listen to these monthly discussions uh, via podcast on iTunes. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. Um, we really appreciate you. Couldn't do it without our, our amazing partners. Um, don't forget to subscribe if you are listening to this on podcast. Give us a five-star review. We always appreciate that. And uh, when you subscribe, you actually get a reminder whenever we post these so you can stay up to date on the most recent podcasts. Just for some announcements uh, here at the beginning, uh, we actually had to reschedule this week. Uh, for those of you listening, we usually do it on the second Wednesday of every month. Uh, this month, we're doing it on the third Wednesday, and that's because we were actually out at the VMX conference in Orlando in person last week, uh, which was really great. Made some really nice connections, saw some current partners. I know if any of you out there listening uh, joined us or were at the VMX uh, last week, it was a smaller, uh, smaller crowd than what we're normally used to, but uh, really great opportunities, and, and we really appreciated everybody that, uh, that we got to connect with at the booth there. Um, as always, I am joined by my illustrious co-host, Dr. Larry Snyder. Thanks for coming on tonight, sir. Very, very good. Very happy to be here. I always enjoy these. And so tonight, what I want to do is I want to put a spotlight on our banking options, uh, stem cell storage uh, in our cryo storage facility here in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, including our new, our new banking option that we call Stem Cell Bank Plus. And so right now, the way we have it set up is we have two separate banking options. We have your standard stem cell banking, which is 195 up front. That's your first, uh, that's your first day. That's 150 for the first year and $45 shipping. Now, after that, you get $150 annual fee in order to keep the cells in storage. Uh, something that's really great, a program that we're offering that uh, we have found a lot of our pet owners and our partners have really bought into is the lifetime storage. Now, I want to be clear, in either case, you are storing the stem cells for the life of the pet, unless you call and tell us otherwise. And for those of you listening, the pet owners can call and cancel at any time for any reason. Um, but it is $150 a month standard. Or you can take the lifetime option, which is $425 up front on day one, and then no annual storage fees. And for those of you listening, if this is, if we're talking about a three-year-old dog that we just did stem cells on, you're going to end up saving that pet owner quite a bit of money by just going for, going ahead and doing the lifetime banking option at 425. Uh, they're basically going to get their money back in three years. So it makes a lot of sense to people. And it's, it's important to bring that up uh, because we don't want people to uh, miss out on potentially getting their cells, continuing to keep them in storage uh, because of a missed payment or because of some confusion there. So um, you have the two options, $150 annually or $425 for lifetime. Now, for those partners out there that are familiar with our compassionate use protocol, we also have separate pricing for compassionate use. On these, we're actually making it, uh, we're giving you a discount on the stem cell banking yearly. And so on a compassionate use case, you're going to end up paying $120 up front on day one, and then $75 a year. And now that's for the standard. That's our standard yearly subscription service. 
You can also do the lifetime banking with compassionate use. That's going to come out to be $300. And so again, you're, you're saving your pet owner quite a bit of money by just trying to push them in that direction, especially if you're dealing with a younger animal. And also depending on how many vials you get, uh, I'm seeing on average anywhere between four and eight additional vials for treatment. And so if you can go ahead and get your lifetime banking locked in on day one, uh, it just makes a whole lot of sense. I do want to mention the cases that are applicable for compassionate use. Compassionate use is something that we came up with because uh, essentially these are cases that aren't as much of a, what I would call a home run like osteoarthritis. W wouldn't you say that Dr. Snyder? Yes. And so these are generally cases where yes, we have had success and it's not beyond, uh, beyond reasonable doubt that we could have success in the case, but it's, a, it's anecdotal and we don't really have as many case studies on these types of applications. And so these, these applications would be degenerative myelopathy, uh, which is a very challenging case, but again, something that we've treated successfully, but mixed results. Atopic dermatitis, which is something that we've actually been uh, treating very successfully and doing a study with uh, Kansas State University right now on atopic dermatitis. I believe that's set to release in the fall. But for now, that still falls under the compassionate use protocol. And then other things like pancreatitis, irritable bowel disease, and so on. So these are cases that are a little bit more challenging. And keeping that in mind, we're a compassionate company. We're, we're compassion and innovation, right? We want to be able to offer a discounted rate for the storage of those cells. And it's also a discounted rate for the retrieval of those cells. And so when I say compassionate use, I want to be very clear uh, with what uh, with what actually applies for compassionate use. And Dr. Snyder, did I miss anything there? Well, I think um, kidney failure, of course, in cats is a big one. Um, yep. IBD in cats, uh, probably probably these cruciate cases we're seeing. Um, they're using um, the stem cells for cruciate cases would probably fit in the compassionate use as well. I haven't got any any clarification on that, but I would assume that to be in that. Yeah, area. actually, um, at the beginning of this year, we made uh, we've been seeing such great results with those cruciate cases that those are actually regular use now. Uh, okay. We feel very confident telling a telling a pet owner that we're going to see a nice result. Very good. I I agree with you. I think that's a probably going to be a huge use for it. Um, Absolutely. You mentioned the the immune modulation, the uh, atopy. Atopy is one of them, Pimpagus, all of the immune modulatory conditions that we can treat with stem cells would be compassionate. Yep. And so those are our banking options that most of you are familiar with. Now we do have another banking option that is brand new. And so this is called our Stem Cell Bank Plus. And with a Bank Plus, this is when you have the opportunity at the point of a stem cell harvest, an adipose fat harvest, if you end up with extra fat, right? So you, you get your 40 grams, you process it, you end up with your final yield, your final doses. Any additional fat that you've resected, you can put in a specimen cup and send that back to us. We'll go ahead and process that in our lab and then put that in our cryo storage facility. Now that processing, including the stem cells that you're already banking, plus shipping overnight, the total cost is $695.
And so for those of you that want to get and maximize this treatment, because these pet owners, they're, they're coming in, they're spending money with you, they're getting this service. It's a day service, right? You want to make sure that they're getting the most bang for their buck that they can possibly get. And so if you're able to get some additional adipose fat, uh, we certainly would encourage that. And we'll process that for you. And we'll put that right in the cryo storage with the stem cells that you've already processed there in your clinic. And so that's $695, and that actually covers the lifetime banking of the cells. There's no annual fee associated with Bank Plus. Dr. Snyder, what do you think about that deal? I, that's the first time I've heard of that. That's a, that's a, really, that's a really good deal, um, especially with the lifetime banking. I was going to ask you if that was lifetime or an annual fee basis, but with it being a lifetime banking especially on a young dog, if they can harvest, harvest more than 40 grams, which isn't that difficult to do on most of these larger dogs. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a pretty straightforward thing to do. So um, on a cat, probably not quite as, quite as easy, but certainly sure. a large breed dog, it, it would be a, a pretty straightforward thing. Sure. Well, we started getting feedback from some of our partners and we always appreciate feedback from our partners. So if you're listening out there and you have something for us, please give us a call but we've been getting feedback from partners that were saying that they had some additional fat and what can we do with this? Can we send it to you? And we said, well, sure. And we started becoming more and more common and it seems to be a really nice option for people and people are really buying into this, uh, sending that additional fat. And I think it maximizes the value for the pet owner Absolutely. and it gives the veterinarian additional, uh, additional treatments and it gives the dog more treatments that it can receive without having to undergo the surgery. And it's the same surgery. It's not a multiple surgery on some of these, especially if uh, it's a young young puppy, especially like a Labradoodle, Goldie Doodle. Some of these that that are pretty much we know are going to have some hip problems as they get get older and may need multiple treatments. That's an ideal thing to do. Yep, absolutely. <clears throat> and so those are all of our banking options. Um, if you have any questions, please give us a call 859-885-7111. You can always send us an email, info at ardentanimalhealth.com. Um, moving on here, I did want to talk to Dr. Snyder a little bit about the importance of stem cell banking. Uh, Dr. Snyder, can you just talk uh, fr from your perspective, what is the most important thing uh, about stem cell banking? Why, why do you uh, encourage uh, other, other partners to take advantage of this? In, in, in my case, on, on every case we do, we try to go ahead and encourage banking. I can't think of... Uh, um, many cases we haven't done banking on. The one that I talk about and I've talked about with you, Dylan, has been Coco, the 18-year-old the German shorthair that we didn't do banking on, and I sorely wish that we would have. But um, and that was an example of a that was an example of an older dog. So you would yes. say even in the even in the instances where the dog is older, go ahead and bank their cells too. Yep, it was one on age doesn't really make a lot of difference with me as far as the banking. That was one to where I wish I would have gone ahead and banked because when the dog was 19 years old, the owner's back in wanting to harvest more fat. And if I would have, if I would have banked, I would have been in a lot better shape, but I wasn't. Um, but on every dog that, every dog that, uh, that we see that does, that does stem cell, I just talked to some people today um, and we encourage banking. It's, it's, I hate to say it's not an option because it's, it's just one to where uh, most owners, once you explain to them why you're banking, 
or why you're wanting to bank, they're pretty well on board with it. So that's a good one. That's a very good use for it. Certainly um, with a with a spay neuter program, um, getting these getting these young animals at the time they're spayed or neutered, harvesting the fat, um, processing it into stem cells or sending it in to have it processed for stem cells. Ideal, I for the life of that pet to have it to have it stored, you know, for the for the three hundred and three hundred and eighty dollars is just it's. It, it makes it so cheap on a 10 year old dog. It, it, it's, a, it's a very good deal. Yeah. The other part of that that really enters into this is the fact that you're doing the spay and neuter in your practice. So it, you can generate the amount, of, the amount of money for that spay and neuter that typically has been going to a lot of you know, humane societies or low cost spay and neuters. This mm -hmm. brings animals into you to be spayed and neutered and we, we talk about it being sticky and a sticky as far as um, those animals that have stem cells banked in the clinic uh, with you are gonna remain with you because the, the owners have the stem cells and they can use them on their pets. So that keeps that owner with you. So it's, it's a- Get yourself a, a, a patient for life there on those- win, It's a win, win, win. On, on these and a very, mm -hmm. very nice sales point because we can. Very we can, nice sales point. You know, we're, we're, offering the, we're offering the processing of the stem cells plus the lifetime banking for, for $6.95. So same pricing as that bank plus that I just reviewed. But if we're talking about the spay neuter, again, that's one where minimal, uh, minimal time uh, for the doctor, you're, you're, you're essentially just, uh, increasing that incision side of the spay neuter, you're pulling out some falciform tissue, uh, and then you're just sending it straight to us overnight, and we do the Absolutely. rest for you. Absolutely, and for that matter, you know, you, when you look at this from a business from a business standpoint, yes, it's going to take the veterinarian a little more time to harvest that fat that it would take to do just the spay or the neuter, but even discounting that because, like I said, it's they're they're going to be sticky. These are these are going to be dogs or pets that are going to be with you for the rest of their life for the stem cells. It's a, it makes good business sense to even charge a minimal amount for that fat collection to, uh, um, to have it processed. It's, it's waiting and those owners don't really want to take and, and uh, switch to another veterinarian. So right. to me, it makes a lot of sense. A question that I get on this, Dr. Snyder, is how are they resecting that fat at the at the same time as the spay neuter? I mean, are we just increasing that incision just about an inch above the, the umbilicus, or what do you what do you do there? It's it varies with the it varies with a dog. It varies on how much falciform they have. On some of them, we can pretty well take the falciform directly from the spay incision. It's not that difficult. In fact, uh, back probably 20 years ago. There were some veterinary schools who were advocating uh, removal of the false form at the time of spay. Uh, you hated to see that because it really hurt if we wanted to go back in and harvest it. Right. But the false form is not is not that difficult, even if we have to uh, extend the incision An another inch, another inch cranially. Uh, wounds all heal from side to side. They don't heal from end to end. So it just takes a, a, a couple more sutures to close that. And um, um, 
you're through in very little additional time to the to the spay. Um, for the neuter, for the neuter, a lot of these dogs will have enough fat in the inguinal ring that you can use. Uh, some of these thinner thinner puppies, you do have to go into the abdomen to collect it. But well, once again, it's a essentially uh, like a spay incision, harvest it, close the abdomen, you're done. Yeah, very, very simple, uh, simple process. So um, for those of you that, that want some more information on the um, spay neuter stem cell banking, give us a call. We're always happy to, to work with you, answer any questions that you have. So Dr. Snyder, if they, have, you, uh, if they have questions, if they have questions on it, they can get a call. I'm more than happy to to walk them to walk them through it or to talk about it, Dylan. It's a it's a, a pretty straightforward. Dr. Snyder, how how do you usually discuss uh, stem cell banking with your pet owners? How do you get that buy-in from them? Oh, it's a. Uh, or do you even give them a choice? Because I've had I've had a couple yeah. partners say I don't even give them the option. They're banking the cells. Right. It's one to where if we're going to take the time and we're going to take, and the owners are already, the owners are already paying for the stem cell procedure. Why not with this, uh, with this lifetime, lifetime banking, get it banked that way. If anything happens to that dog in the future, we already have the stem cells banked. It's uh, most of these owners see that it's a, it's, it's that slam dunk, slam dunk again to where they, um, they realize the value of having these cells waiting for them. And especially with, I think we're going to see in the future a lot more of these immune mediated diseases, especially like IMHA, these immune, these immune mediated hemolytic anemias where they're not surgical candidates. And if we already have stem cells, of course, we're gonna use, use the steroids to, to get these animals under control, but we can take and come back in with stem cells when they're stable and see if we can uh, return this immune system back to a normal, a normal status to where the, the body's recognizing its platelets itself rather than trying to destroy them. I think we're going to see right now, IMHA is almost impossible to, to have good long-term results or very few specialists really like to use the word cure. I think with stem cells and immune modulation, we're going to see that. There's more advancements uh, with stem cell therapy coming every day, right? Like, right, Dr. Snyder? Absolutely. And it makes sense as we, as um, you know, we, we've talked about um, cruciate pairs um, is a good one to where when I was in school, once a ligament or a tendon was torn, there was no chance of it ever healing. We know now the research is out there that these ligaments can and do heal. I've got the papers on those that I'd be happy to share with, with anyone. Um, but we're seeing these uh, cruciate pairs to where these dogs are doing extremely well um, with the use of stem cells. I think we're going to see the same thing as time goes on with the immune mediated diseases, the, the atopies, the, the um, um, chronic pancreatitis in cats. So those are, those are going to be um, um, some some cases that I think we're going to, to see as time goes along, we're going we're gonna to be pro proving that uh, stem cells are going to be the, the, the most effective treatment out there.
Sure. And in your eyes, it'll be the standard of care, the standard of care in a lot of cases, right? For me, for me, I think we're well on the way to seeing for cruciate tears, um, a essentially a, a non-orthopedic option as far as um, a TPLO um, where the, the, the joint has to be rearranged because of that. And there is a risk of osteosarcoma in some of these dogs because of the implants that are being put in. So if we can use the body's own cells to heal itself, it makes a lot of sense. That's exactly right. So I'm going to open the uh, open the floor up for questions. If anybody uh, had any, if we drummed up uh, any questions or comments over the course of the last 20 minutes with our uh, riveting conversation on stem cell banking, we appreciate uh, all of those that have that have joined us this evening. Of course. So we got a question here. Um, are the cells from cryo-stored samples just as potent as they were when they were, were originally harvested? And are we seeing the same kind of therapeutic response? To me, I believe so. Um, any, anyway, when I've, when I've been working with umbilical cord stem cells, a whole different, uh, when I was at the university and we were working with umbilical cord stem cells, um, those cells were just as, just as active and just as potent as the uh, as the freshly harvested ones. So I believe that, the, that they are, um, and they, in, in, our, in our hands, they seem, to, they seem to work very well for us. The dosage may be different because when, we're, when we harvest and process, we're, we're guessing the number, of, uh, the number of cells that we're putting into these cases. Uh, and when we get them back, they're counted and we know exactly how many, but I think it works just as well myself. I'm sure. Dr. Snyder, are there any new exciting treatments that you've seen success with using stem cell that you might not have expected? You know, you know when we started, I, I started doing these in 2010, the only thing that we, that we thought that stem cells would ever be used for was for osteoarthritis. And we've seen so many other We've seen so many other things. Um, I'm, I'm talking to people about, well, number one, the cruciate tears. That's a huge, a huge win for stem cells. Um, kidney failure in cats. Um, another huge market that I think we can, we can use. Um, the, in dogs, kidney, kidney failure is a little bit more difficult to manage, but stem cells help. DM. A degenerative myelopathy in dogs. Um, it's like you were talking about, it is a more challenging, it's a compassionate use, it's a little more challenging. Uh, it takes intrathecal injections, in my opinion, I think that's, that's a pretty definite um, thing that we're gonna have to use is the intrathecal. A lot of veterinarians are a little bit, a little bit shy of doing those. Um, I use a lot of, in, uh, a lot of epidural um, injections, lumbosacral epidurals um, on dogs. some of these older dogs with spondylosis. It seems to seems to respond pretty well. Or some of these lower these lower back disc problems, we can get by with using it uh, as an epidural use. 
Uh, trying to think of other diseases that I've talked to people, um, people we keep about. New things uh, course, just about uh, weekly at this point, it seems to me. New papers coming yep. out, different types of applications, things that people are trying. It's it's really exciting. We're we're really still at the forefront of this of uh, this we'll call it the stem cell wave. Absolutely, and it's one of those to where that's why they we why you're doing the compassionate use. It's just we don't have the hard data. There's not that number of cases out there. We've had success, um, but we're still gaining numbers. That's why I think that. That you were talking about uh, considering cruciate tears to be a, a a regular use because we've had enough cases. I imagine now I don't know how many. Um, and you may be able to tell me. I imagine we're well over two hundred uh, cruciate. I think, uh, I think uh, Dr. Dr. Rovner in Chicago is uh, one hundred and fifty plus right now by himself. Yep, I think he's one hundred and fifty. I think David Bird. In, um, in North Carolina, he's over 50, so there's yep. 200 right there. So um, I think we're going to see more and more veterinarians try this because owners are looking for a better way, a regenerative, a regenerative way to use the body's own cells to heal themselves. So we can offer a huge, a huge benefit to these, um, uh, to these owners and a lot of owners a lot of owners like this option so much better than um, being referred to a uh, to a specialty orthopod to have a TPLO or a TTA done done on their um, on their dog. Yeah, definitely. Do you recommend the IV dose to all patients, uh, even those that are getting the joint injections for osteoarthritis? Absolutely, absolutely. Why is um, that? Every, every animal we see, every animal that we do stem cells on or we do stem cell treatment, I go ahead and do an IV dose of cells. Um, primarily, the primary reason is we may, we may have other areas that we need to that we need to address with the stem cells by putting them IV, they go to where they, um, they're needed. They have homing properties, correct? The homing properties, they go to where they're needed. The OA, when we're doing osteoarthritis, we're gonna put cells directly into the joint. We may have some minor arthritis, we may have some minor arthritic changes in other joints that we can address with the IV use. So for me, it's, it's, a, it's a standard. I don't do a stem cell treatment or a stem cell reinject without using some IV cells. So good question. And what is one piece of advice that you'd give to a new clinic that just got onboarded with stem cell therapy? Oh, you know, it, it's, it's one of those to where, in my opinion, everybody in the clinic, everybody in the clinic has to has to be on board. I mean, from the receptionist to every tech to every veterinarian, as far as talking to the clients about stem cell, every case that might be a potential stem cell case, the, a lot of the owners aren't going to take and be able, they're not going to want to, they're not gonna be able to, but at least you're putting the thought in their, in their head to where they may not use it this time for this animal they may not use it on this animal. It may be years ahead. We, we advertised on the radio 
gosh, it's been five years since we stopped advertising when I sold the practice to the to my new associate or to my associates. But they um, we're still having people that come in and talk about the uh, the radio ads that we had back then. So <laughs> everybody needs to be talking about it to keep it kind of at the forefront. If luckily most clinics are, are coming off of curbside service, which I'm so glad um, to where now they have a little bit of time that they can talk to the owners. But I've been offering to, to veterinarians that if they're, if they are unsure of talking to the owners or they'd like some help or some backup, I'm more than happy to get on a zoom call with them and the owners of the pets and we'll, we'll take and, and answer all the owners questions and, uh, and help them make a decision if stem cells are right for them and their pet. That's right. And we try to make it really easy for our partners to get in touch with Dr. Snyder. We actually can send you a QR code uh, that uh, you can gift your pet owners. And if they scan it with their phone, it will send them to a page where they can schedule a meeting directly with them. Uh, so we try to make it really easy uh, on you guys, on the pet owners to, uh, to get in touch with Dr. Snyder. He's, a, he's an excellent resource and I, I highly encourage it. If you haven't spoken to him before, uh, you, should, you should probably speak to him because he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we just, we just uh, there's no brief call. There are no brief conversations. Yeah, that's true too. So be, be prepared for that as well. <laughs> regenerative medicine, regenerative medicine to me is a wave of the future. Yep. It is my, it is tomorrow's medicine. It's what we're going to do in the future that actually treats the animal's problem rather than putting a bandaid on it, which essentially, if we, if we look at most pharmaceuticals, it is essentially just putting a bandaid on a problem. It's not addressing the problem at all. That's right, and that's uh, that's what we're here for. And we're gonna stay at the forefront of this stem cell wave and ride it all the way out. So we're excited uh, excited that you're a, you're a part of it with us, Dr. Snyder. And uh, looks like that's all the time that we have for this evening. I want to give a shout out to our valued partners. Thanks to everybody that comes on and joins us and listens via podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Shout out to our awesome uh, lab team. Uh, you guys rock. Uh, shout out to Matt Yike, who is our editor and producer of this podcast. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Ardent Animal Health. Uh, you can send us an email, info at ardentanimalhealth.com. Give us a call, 859-885-7111. Uh, my name is Dylan Lancaster, and as always, joined by Dr. Larry Snyder. Thank you for joining us, sir. Absolutely. Enjoy it every time. Everybody have a great night and we'll see you next month. Have a good one. Talk to everybody later. Bye-bye.